It's time for another Waterproof Records. Thanks so much for joining me. If this is your first time, welcome to my show where I talk about bands, music, mostly the 90s. But at some point in time, guys, I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about from that decade and I'm going to have to move on to all the other musical influences that I have. But I also sometimes have guests on the show, um, ask them about their influences, what their waterproof record is. So, um, but probably, probably if you're listening, you've listened to the show before. So welcome back. Um, it's my second episode of 2024 and, uh, you'll get a third one this month as well, because like I told you, I fell behind during the holiday season. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm going to get better at that. And uh, my goal this year, my goal is to build a permanent set for myself of waterproof records, because what you don't know is every time I do this show, I, I set this up and then I tear it down the light, the desk, the air, all the whole thing. This all has to move out of the way and the cycle starts over again. So I want to get to a place where when I want to do a show or record something, I can just walk in, sit down, hit record. That day is coming soon. I believe it, but you came for the music or Maybe you came here to hang out with me for a little bit. Either way, I'm happy you're here, but let's dig into it. And I chose to do today's album because uh, this came out 1992. This is a very, very specific window of time. You know, a lot of the, the episodes of the past, you get into that 91, 92, 93. Boy, this is a real, you know, a major turning point impression part of my life where something will land and it will stay with me forever. And this album is definitely it. So let's get into it. It's time to talk about Wish by The Cure. Let's go. And with that, we'll jump right in and I'll talk to you about DistroKid. You know them, you love them, you know they're the sponsor of Waterproof Records, and I can't make this show without them, so I gotta shout them out and tell you right now, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof and you get 30% off your first year of uploading your music. If you have never heard me talk about DistroKid because you're always hitting fast forward, you should stop this one point in time and listen. That is a way for you to get all of your music, all the sounds you're working on. It could be like ambient plunking of the keys. It could be just belting out your voice. It could be death metal. It could be country, whatever you're working on. You can put it on DistroKid and it's everywhere immediately. It's on Spotify. It's on Tidal. It's on uh, Google. It's on YouTube. And it has all these cool enhancements that you can do. A lot of stuff is included for free. Uh, it's kind of amazing when you go check out what they include for free. And they also have an app where you can check out how much money you're earning, uh, how much, how many streams you have. It's not about the money, right? It's about the art, but they do allow you to check out how much money you're earning. So once again, distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof, and you can get that 30% off. Now let's get to wish by the cure. If you have been listening to this show since the beginning, um, you'll know I've done kind of a quasi episode on the cure with my brother. Um, that was very early in the show. Once again, an indication of how much I've shifted and changed and grown. We've grown together as I've created this show, because that episode was recorded in my garage with the tavern, which I still have. Um, 
I know most of you listen to the show, but if you never saw that one, you can see on YouTube the interview that I have with my brother is in the, the tavern. And then I had an episode with Matt Neal, our drummer of Temple of the Dads and drummer of Mariner 9, who was a guest on the show early on as well. And I did this show in the tavern. And it was such a cool backdrop for the show, but not very convenient for podcasting because it was a garage. So there's still the garage door and you'd have, whether it was assholes speeding by really quickly or dogs barking or just noise at certain times of year, there were crickets out there and it was just ridiculous. It was very hard to control. So um, I've considered moving the show out into that space, but kind of carving out a little corner where I could isolate the the sound, you know, do some soundproofing so that I could do like what I talked about at the beginning of the show, have a space where I can talk to you at any point in time. Just think of the possibilities. It wouldn't just be the podcast. I, I could make videos 24 hours a day. I'm kidding. Um, but if you've been here since I did the episode with my brother, when he was visiting me in California, which that would have been in 2021, I knew when he was here, I was like, we have to do a Waterproof Records podcast on The Cure because it's your favorite band, Joel. And that's also when we recorded the video of us in the forest for the song, A Forest. So we talked about his love of the band, but it dawned on me that I had never really focused in on my personal journey with The Cure. I, I went and listened to that episode and I was like, I talk about it a little bit, but it's been enough time that I was like, let's talk about Wish. Let's talk about this album that came out April 21st, 1992. Also, Robert Smith's 33rd birthday. I didn't know that until I researched this episode a little bit, but this episode, this uh, album released on his 33rd birthday, which is pretty cool. And um, yeah, it's a monumental um, album for me because it was the, it really was the one that I was like, oh, I think I'm a Cure fan now. You know what I mean? Like uh, talking about the the time that I had Joel on the show, I grew up in a household where it was his favorite band while I was, you know, getting through both my metal phase and slowly discovering the grunge and the alternative, the Nirvana's, the Pearl Jams. And, and it would be a little bit until I discover how much I love the pumpkins. But my brother fell madly in love with the cure. I want to say by 90 or 91, somewhere around then it was very, you know, he was in probably eighth grade. I was in sixth grade and I was still working out a lot of my aggression. You know, I was definitely listening to the Panteras, the Metallicas, and he was already in his room just <laughs> getting, getting in his Robert Smith. You know, he had his, he had his, uh, boys don't cry poster in his room. He had so many cure cassettes. That's what I remember. This is before we had CD players. So he had so many Cure cassettes. And as a casual listener from my bedroom to his, I was kind of annoyed because at a distance when you're not really focused in on what was going on, especially in that everything from 1979 into the 80s, whether it's hot, hot, hot or you know, three imaginary boys or, you know, all the, all that stuff. It was like the drums were just like, you know, and I wasn't really like, I was like, there's this mopey English guy in the other room, just whining on and on. And I can just hear my brother in his feels, just feeling it in there. And I just was like, ah, you know, just 
dismissive of it all. Now, mind you, I'm several years younger than he is, so I'm I'm not falling in love and getting my heart broken just yet. I've got crushes, I've got likes, but for the cure, you got to have that pain, right? You got to have that hurt in your heart, the sadness. Um, that's where this band comes in clutch for you if your heart is breaking. I'm not saying you have to be in or out of relationships, but you really have to hit that point in your adolescence where you go, I am so unbelievably sad. I am so sad. And if you choose not to run from it, the cure is the perfect medicine. It really is. I think around the time that my brother was getting into the cure and I was in sixth grade and a girl had dumped me, I think my go-to at that time was crying in my room to November Rain by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> hey, no shame here. I was in sixth grade, always a romantic to this day. But I would find out a few years later, if you want to wallow in your room, you get disintegration and you just disappear into a black hole. It's perfect. And that's one of the reasons that I chose to discuss Wish. Um, because if you had to ask me, what is my favorite Cure album of all time? It's actually Disintegration. Disintegration is probably my favorite, top to bottom, most powerful, blow your hair back, just fucking awesome album. They have so many good ones. And let me let me be clear, I am not a Cure expert. In some of my research for this episode, I wandered down a rabbit hole and I saw just how many Cure fans go just as deep into this band that I do, the Smashing Pumpkins. The level of detail, the understanding and knowledge of B-sides, releases, live takes, um, demos, just that knowledge. Because one of the things that I did, which I love about when I choose to do an album, is it forces me not forces me in a bad way, but when I do an episode on an album, I sit down and I spend a lot of time with the album. I listen to it on repeat a couple times. And I love that. That is a cool exercise for me. I hope I do it to you too. I hope that this show causes you to go, you know what? Play. And you go track one to the end because it's a lost thing. You know what I mean? Like I know most of us now with our lives and our kids, our families, our busy lives, jobs, everything, we have shuffle, we have playlists, right? We go in, whether you're using Spotify or Apple Music or some other service, you usually put on something that's just going to jump from different band to different band. I do it all the time. It's what I do all the time. But when we were growing up, it was put in the CD, put in the tape, start it, finish it. I've talked about this a million times. I know people talk about this a lot, the album. But when I do these shows for you, I sit down and I go, okay, time to get my wish on. Time to make a wish. And uh, and that's what I did. I sat down and I listened to Wish. And then to my point was I looked and saw that The Cure had released the Wish 30th Anniversary Edition in 2022 which included two extra discs, live demos, uh, retoolings of songs, things that were outtakes, things that would go on to later compilations. Um, I, and I was blown away as I started to dig into what some of those things were. I was like, wow, I really am 
out of my, I'm really out of my scope and scale here on this band. I love them, but there's only so much you can spend. I think, um, getting into those fine details of every single band. I can do it on a few, but I was, I was learning a lot. I was learning a lot and it was, it was fascinating, but I, I, I finally saw the cure live at riot fest just this last September in Chicago. And I know I talked about it on the show before, but what a, what an unbelievably special memory for me um, to see them with my brother. It was just, I can't put it into words. You know, we had, we had our arms around each other as the, the, as a forest is playing. And I have a little video snippet of that because um, someone else was filming us and they gave it to me. They gave me the video and I look at it and I'm just like, I just, my heart was so full. It was such a, you know, we're, we're growing up and life just keeps moving. It just keeps coming. We just keep getting older and older and older. And I think that, I think that sometimes nostalgia gets a bad rap. I feel like that there are people that they go, well, it's just living in the past. And I don't think that that's what that is for me. I really don't. Um, I think that nostalgia gets shit. People are like, you know, the you're just living on, you're just, going back to the nineties or going back to this time and you're living in nostalgia and all the things that you're thinking about are like a better time or when things were simpler or whatever. And I'm, I'm going to push past that notion for a moment. I'm going to push past it and say, no, the thing about getting older is you lose youth in your soul. You lose exuberance, enthusiasm, passion you lose it because like anything like like you know sanded down time age health experience death jobs responsibilities these grind away at your spirit and they whittle you down to the dullest shell that you could walk around in but when you reflect on these moments, when I stood there with my brother and the cure was playing a forest and I had my arm wrapped around him, going back to being 11, 12 years old with my older brother, it, it brings the fire from within back to the front. And that is the power of nostalgia. It brings it all back. And that dullness that you feel, that light that has dimmed because life has beat you down, burns right through to the surface. And that's why I don't think things like nostalgia are a bad thing. It's not about living in the past. It's about remembering who you are. It's about remembering what, you, what, what makes you excited and happy. And that has been one of the biggest changes in my life since I got to do videos that entertain you and make you laugh and smile. I had lost my way. I had totally lost my way as an adult. 
I barely picked up my guitar. I barely spent time like I should with the, the music that I love. I never gave it up. I never walked away, but boy, did I get dull. Boy, did my spark and my fire get quieter and smaller within me. It got smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> Faith and more, smaller and smaller. Um, that's what happens, right? And then when these videos happened, I started remembering who I am. <laughs> you know, it's like in Hook when he pushes back Robin Williams' face and he's like, oh, there you are, Peter. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It felt like it was like, oh, there I am. There I am. There's Jacob. There's Jakey. He's in there. He's alive. And, and you're allowed to let that fire come forward and burn bright within you and out of you as an adult. It doesn't make you childish. It doesn't make you, you're living in nostalgia. It's remembering who you are so that you can step in every way with your, with your jobs, with your responsibilities, with the things that people ask of you, that you can hold on to who you are. <laughs> Boy, I really got in it there. And I just, that was a, that was an out of left field. Like I did not expect that, that feeling, but I was thinking about my brother and I standing there watching the cure and, and why it felt so good. And then, you know, being in the, being in the business of nostalgia content, sometimes it gets, it gets, you know, it gets kind of this looked, looked on as like, well, you're just living in the past. Nope. Anyway, would you like to talk about the cure wish? <laughs> I promise we'll talk about it. Oh my gosh. I, here I am. I spent the first part setting up why I chose wish. And then I just spent all this time talking about why you can't let the fire within you die out, but I mean it. But let's get into the album, okay, and why I chose it, even though Disintegration is uh, my favorite. I chose this one because um, the first Cure I ever bought, I remember thinking to myself uh, as I started to be like, okay, I, I want to get into the Cure now, you know, because I, I think Joel had played some stuff, and I was like, all right, starting to get a feel for it. Like, maybe I had heard Fascination Street. I know that was one of the big turning points for him. I was like, this, this is pretty cool. And I remember going to the taste store and the first thing I bought, um, I don't know if Wish had come out yet, but I bought Mixed Up. Now, if you don't know what Mixed Up is, in 1990, Robert Smith did a bunch of remixes and changes to some of their older songs. And it was basically like a remix album. It's considered their eighth studio album, but it releases in 1990 and it's all these older songs that were remixed. So the funny thing is, is that was really my first cassette and I was introduced to songs like the Caterpillar with the Flicker mix, which is like that on that recording. That's how I still to this day hear Caterpillar. I still hear it as that first tape. But I believe that the first single from Wish released on MTV in March of 1992, and that was High. And that was a very uplifting song. I remember seeing the video and really liking the way that it made me feel you know, um, Robert Smith on that kind of Lion King type ledge looking out. There's even a part where his tongue like kind of flops out of his mouth. It's, it's got that silly angle. And then there's this part in the video where he goes and he's like hanging over the clouds on a kite, which I read was a very uncomfortable shoot for him. It was like he was supposed to look so serene and happy and free. And he was like on some kind of contraption to help him hover in the shot. And it just made him so sick. And so he was just absolutely miserable. Um, so I was watching the video and I was looking at him and I was like, yeah, he doesn't look like he's having that great of a time. But that was the first single and I liked it a lot. 
And then the album drops April 21st, 1992. And I, I do get wish very early on. And this thing has several hits that come from it. And of course the biggest hit to date Friday, I'm in love. Now I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about Friday. I'm in love. And here's the thing. Did it get played to death back then? Yes. Do die hard cure fans think like, that's like, I, I had a lot of comments when I made the Friday I'm in love video. They were like, that's like the wor- their worst song. And I'm like, that's a bold statement for a band that has put out as many albums and as many songs as they have. It is, in my opinion, not their worst song, but it is not very representative of how layered and incredible the cure is. If your only interaction with the cure is Friday I'm in love, well, I got a lot of material for you that you should go check out. You know, go way back, go pop in pornography and and be spooked out by the most gothic, creepy album ever. You know, 17 seconds, get this nice haunting woods feel. There's so many great albums from this band. And Friday, I'm in love. It's just not a good representation of what they're capable of. And I think that that's what probably irritates people the most. They're like, it's just not a good representation. It's a poppy feel good song. But here's the thing. It's a damn good poppy feel good song. Because if you read the motivation behind it, every one of you who has worked a full Monday through Friday work week can relate. Robert Smith was saying it's that feeling you get where you get to Friday and you're like, all bets are off. It's time to go big. I've been waiting for this. I've been working all week. It's the weekend. It's my Friday. I'm going, I'm going after it. You know, it's time to really throw down and party and be in love and have a great time. And with that notion of mine, you can relate. You know, I've worked jobs my whole life, Monday through Friday jobs. And there is that feeling when you get to Friday, you're like, let's go. You know, I still feel that. Um, but anyway, that's a that's a big song in this album, of course. But This album was such a departure because Disintegration was probably their most successful album in the world up until this point, which was released in 1989. And Disintegration is a masterpiece, but it's a depressing one. And they went on tour with it, and it almost caused the band to split up. It was just so draining, so emotional. And I can imagine it would be. Disintegration is, is a heavy sorrowful, macabre, depressing album. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. (laughs) That sounded super creepy, but I mean that I love the sads of that album. That's why I love it so much. But Wish, what a change. What a change in Robert Smith's outlook and writing and everything. And it has a lot to do with taking that time after Disintegration He does mixed up, which is he gets to revitalize and have fun with some previous songs, which probably brings uh, another spark of inspiration in him. And then he gets married. He marries his childhood sweetheart, Mary Poole. They get married. And so they're together. They're married. So a few of these things kind of help him settle into place before they enter, enter into the studio. And this really marks the first time, or at least... So on Disintegration, he was kind of described as monk-like, you know, isolated, going off by himself to write, whereas this one becomes incredibly collaborative. First of all, the recording in that famous Richard Branson, The Manor, which was that 
Castle Recording Studio. I mean, so many bands recorded there. Queen, Radiohead. Um, I think they had to sell it to a royal in 1995 or something. So it it stopped being a famous recording recording studio. But this album was recorded there. And they're, they're not only is the cure being very collaborative and like doing live takes on songs like from the edge of the deep green sea, which is one of my absolute favorite songs in this album from the edge of the deep green sea is just, I rem I remember sitting in the car with my Walkman over my heads and just, just, did I just say over my heads? Like I put it over my, my two heads. I apologize. I, would put my Walkman on and I would stare out the window and my family like road trips. And from, from the edge of the deep green sea, I would just be like, put your hands to the sky. I mean, it was just, Oh my God. So emotional. So many feelings. Um, but that the environment of what they're recording this album is they're making use of like, they're this place, the manor where they have go karts and they're riding bicycles down into town and going into the pubs and having drinks. And Robert Smith's bicycle is the only bicycle that has a light on the end of it. And so he's like, you know, helping guide, you know, guide them down and then guide them back up when it's night with this light on his bicycle. And they're, they're like I said, the go karts are just having a good time. There's just a joy in the air. And I think that that's what's so cool about this album is it's the perfect blend of the heavy, dark of the cure, that really heavy moodiness. And then it has this air, this lightness. And I think that after disintegration, this was exactly what they had to show the world, which was this combination of, you know, some of those post-punk punk elements in the, the early days, the goth got into that real heavy and then bring it all together and added in some of these pop sensibilities. And I think it just works perfectly. And I have the track list loaded up here, but there's some things that I learned along the way. So the the album opens with open. Um, and then we get to high, which is that that song, which was their first music video. Then apart, oof, that's a heavy one, which is apparently about watching the end of a relationship between two people, not a personal uh, experience, but watching it, seeing it kind of crumble between two people. But I still hear that bass line. And it is, it is like the... It is like this, you know, how do we get so far apart? I still hear it in my head when I think of like a breaking up, a dissolving of, of a relationship. Um, and like I said, from the edge of the deep green sea, that is really um, when reading about this album, they're doing live takes together so much more guitar based rock layers, right? Which is important at this time. In 1992, I don't think that the cure was going, we need to be like what the music scene is doing now, but they just co coincidentally were adding these layers and these guitars pro, you know, these different sections to this album at a time where I think the world would be like, this is what we want right now. This is what we want. So I think it was just timed very well. Now we get to songs like Wendy time. Now, Wendy time gets bad rap, gets a bad rap because there are fans that think it's kind of the the throwaway song of the album, at least when I was reading today. Um, I didn't I didn't have a hard time with Windy Time. I mean, it was definitely one of those ones that I think that um, open high apart from the edge of the deep green sea. I was like riding a wave of just like all of these are amazing. And then you get to that song and you do kind of go like, huh. But what I remember the most about Windy Time is 
um, the curse word. You know, I know I always harp on these points, but it's hard not to escape that in 92 at the age that I was at that you hear um, Robert Smith go, Philo, follow, fuck, she says, just the way he hits that, the F-bomb. I remember feeling so naughty listening to that one. And it was once again, miraculously, a F-bomb on a tape that my parents did not know about. So, so Wendy Time will have a special, special fuck in my heart, always. And then doing the unstuck. So let's get happy, right? Um, that was one of those ones where you almost hear it and you almost laugh a little bit because it felt like Robert Smith was pointing out the obvious of having this reputation of being the most morose, depressed guy in the world. You know, at this point in time, they were on like sketch shows. They were doing little clips of like parodies of Robert Smith with the hair and the lipstick and kind of like moping in the corner. I remember seeing these things and it was almost like on this song, he, he, he was like, let's get happy. But this song builds to a point where you can almost feel, you can feel any kind of shroud lifting off of you. Cause it, you, if you give into it, you know, it feels like if you say, let's get happy, it's like, okay, let's, let's fucking do it, man. Let's get happy. And so when I listen to doing the unstuck now, it really does it does the trick. And I think that when I was younger, I might have thought to skip it, you know, and then we get to Friday. I'm in love. There is one other really fascinating thing that I learned about Friday. I'm in love that I never knew. Now, I don't know how true this is because there's stuff on the Internet. It's made up. But if it's true, it's fascinating. I already told you about the what the motivation of the song is, um, which is, you know, getting to that Friday. But I read that Friday I'm in Love was accidentally sped up a quarter tone sharp on the tape halfway between D and E flat. Robert Smith commented on the speeding up of the tape of the song in a 1993 interview that he said it was an accident. He was playing with the very speed and forgot to turn it off. But the whole feel changed. And the fact that it's the only song in which that it's not in concert pitch really lifts it out and makes it sound different. After working on the record for months, hearing something a quarter tone off makes your brain take a step backwards. So I thought that was fascinating. It is bright. A pitch up. So if that's true, you know, you if you were to sit down with your guitar and you were to try to learn guitar parts or bass parts on Friday I'm in Love, you'd be like, oh, that's weird. What tuning is this in? You know, what? where are we? You know, that often happens when you're playing with these albums before everything was like perfectly tuned. You know, you throw on a, a, a there's even songs on Pearl Jam's 10 that I'm like, where, where, where are we? <laughs> you know, because it's like maybe they weren't thinking about it that much or maybe the very speed we're on analog. Anything's possible. But if that's true, it, it seems like it is because it, it's attributed to an interview in 93 with Robert Smith that it was an accident. He was playing with the very speed. And then in the final mix, it was like, oh, well, it's sure is got a little bit of pep in its step. And so if it's a little bit faster, it's a little bit higher pitch. then that's a reason why it stands out from everything else on the album, um, whether you like it or not. For you, Friday, I'm in lover, ro roll your eyesers or whatever. I mean, all of the songs in this album, I actually think it's pretty much a start to finish a great song, despite whatever the diehard cure fans that think about, um, Wendy time. I know that the overwhelming thought is, um, 
what's that song? It's on the the B sides compilation. Here, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I just I don't want to mess it up. It's on. I gotta find the compilation, guys. Just stick with me. Stick with me. I'm gonna find it. I know which one I'm thinking of. Twilight. Twilight. In this twilight. In the this twilight garden. I was thinking of the hanging garden, but this twilight garden. So this twilight garden is a song that would later be on join the dots B sides and rarities. And it was revealed when they did the 30th anniversary of the cure's wish that during the time of the wish they had written basically uh, this twilight. Um, I keep thinking in the hanging garden, but it's this twilight. I keep missing it. You guys should know my song titles. Bad cure fan, bad cure fan. Um, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. But that was supposed to be, so there were a lot of fans that were like, you could have replaced Winnie Time with the, you know, that one instead. But I think that as a whole, when I listen to Wish, it starts and it finishes in the way that my teenage brain remembers. So I feel like it kind of has to be Winnie Time. It has to be in this order because that's how I remember it. Um, trust. A Letter to Elise is probably my... I think it's probably my it's tied for from the edge of the deep green sea. I love that song so much. A letter to Elise. I've literally when when this album came out, I had crushes on girls named Elise just because it was after this song. I felt like true love was a letter to Elise that the name Elise meant love. It really did. There was a girl in my class that I had never even thought about that way. And then I heard the song and suddenly I was like, wow, Elise, beautiful. <laughs> the power of music. Um, cut, you know, these, these songs are all amazing songs. I don't have anything really, um, you know, of course the standout to wish impossible things, that little, like the percussion, the do, 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 do. and then the, the violin work on that song is incredible. I went and listened to a lot of these demos on the 30th anniversary. And it's just wild to hear how they transform during these sessions. Those are really good demos. And then end this album in so strong. So this album originally was going to be called um, just kind of some fun facts for you. The cure wish was originally going to be called higher, but the original intention was to make it into two different separate albums. And the first album was going to be called higher. And then the sec second almost could be called music for dreams. And Higher was going to be much more driven and aggressive, guitar-focused, full band intensity. And then Music for Dreams was going to be much more kind of that ethereal, you know, instrumental tracks and things like that. And that's what they were going to do. And then they decide as they're really finding their their foundation and, and it's coming together as this album. Like, okay, we're going to scrap that. Now we're going to make it one cohesive piece and it's going to be called Swell. And that was the name of the end song end was swell, you know, kind of swelling together and then eventually became wish. But the end song of the album, which has that phrase, please stop loving me. I am none of these things as it builds and builds and builds. Um, I read that he was talking about how people took that as like, you know, oh, this is just Robert Smith dealing with the fame of his life and, and pushing away, you know, please stop loving me. I'm not, don't, don't expect these things of me. But he said in an interview, he said, no, I was talking to myself. He said, I just, I'm a self-destructive person. And, and, uh, you know, I, I figured if I could basically talk to myself and remember to let those things go, then I could just be free. 
And there really is a freedom on this album. There is a freeness, a looseness, um, you know, all the musicians on this album. We, this is the last album that Boris Williams is still the drummer of the band. He'd come back later for some live or, you know, some recordings in the two thousands, but this is really the end of his run as the drummer for the cure. Um, of course, Robert Smith handling all the, the major stuff, but it's the first album that Perry Bamonte, who was a roadie, he was like a guitar tech for the band. And then he got asked to be a uh, keyboards and, handle the guitars on this and keyboards. And then Pearl Thompson, who we all know has been so much with the cure and synonymous with the cure. Um, and of course, Simon Gallup bass guitar. And this is also Pearl Thompson will leave the cure, um, shortly after on the tour for wish. And then Simon Gallup, who's been there since the beginning and then out of the band and then back in the band. And, you know, you follow a little bit about Simon and Robert's history. They've got some They've had some fisticuffs over the years, and uh, he seems to be the one who who has a lot of emotional responses to things, you know, recently saying online that he was out of the band and he's back in the band anyway. But um, that's Wish. I have nothing else really to say other than what a what an incense heavy sit in your room with your black lights on, you know, getting your feels. I mean, you know. It's not a hundred percent like that because no, it is no, because you get to doing the unstuck and Friday I'm in love and Wendy time. And you're going to have to skip through those. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything else you could get, you could get pretty abysmal on, but that's the thing about this. Oh, and in high also uplifting, but that's the thing about this album is it kind of takes you on an emotional journey and goes all up and down and up and down. And that's really why um, I wanted to talk about it. Because 1992, this puts them on the map. Because if you knew about The Cure before, you know, first of all, if you were over in the UK, you definitely knew who The Cure were. But if you're really into good music and underground music and goth music and and a lot of that, that scene, then you would have known about Disintegration. It was a big hit. You know, you had Love Song and Fascination Street. You had these songs that were doing well on MTV and 120 minutes and really getting the attention of the alternative music scene long before the grunge explosion. Um, but this is the song that kind of brings them into the mainstream. I mean, this is the album that brings them into the mainstream. And for me, a kid, it's what made me understand the cure more, you know, from my brother playing those songs in his bedroom with Robert Smith, you know, Robert Smith's hilarious to me. He seems to be so funny. I wish I could hang out with him when he, he was at Riot Fest. I wanted to meet him so bad, but it wasn't going to happen. But he seems so funny. There's that favorite famous viral clip of that American interviewer being like, are you excited to be here? And he's like, not as excited as you are. You know, he just seems like he's witty and funny. And, you know, while he has this uh, depressing persona of the band, this, you know, with his makeup and his hair that behind closed doors, he's probably a very fun, charming, interesting guy. Um, so over the years, I've made a couple Cure videos. I did the Friday I'm in Love for Riot Fest, which I put on my channel, and then I did the one for a forest. But I, there'll be more. There'll be more. I've, I've had a million feelings and thoughts and ideas about what I would do for more Cure songs because they really just have such a massive catalog. You know, after this... Um, you know, it went from disintegration to mixed up, like I said, and then you have um, 
1996 is uh is what where is it somebody it's wild mood swings right i think it's wild mood swings but that one was another really great album um yeah so that's the episode on the cure um i i spent time on the album and i also hopefully reminded you why it's important to embrace your inner flame and your spark keep it with you i love you guys i love you my audience you're so great i just feel so fortunate to be able to do this with you and i feel like i'm settling into it it's you know this is episode 51 so been doing it longer and longer and i'm getting more comfortable with just being letting my guard down a little bit you know i mean what I mean by that is I know I get vulnerable. I know I cry. I know I get emotional. But I think in the course of this show, sometimes I come in here and I'm just like, all right, showtime, jazz hands, put on a show. And I think that what I'm realizing is that if you're listening, you're listening, you're here. You kind of want to hang out and just shoot the shit with me and let me talk about bands and albums and memories and times. Um, and they resonate for you. Maybe sometimes they don't, but it's okay to just chill out and visit with you and talk about a, a really good time because it reminds us who we are, where we came from, the things that bring us joy. May you take those joyful feelings with you tomorrow. May you go to sleep tonight, remember who you are and the things that made you remember to love, laugh, dance. Let's get happy right? Look forward to that Friday because I'll be looking forward to that Friday for the rest of my life. No, I, I didn't mean that to be like, I'm going to be working till the rest of my life. I just mean, it's always good to look forward to the Friday. All right. With that, thank you so much for joining me once again on waterproof records. I can't do the show without you. Um, please feel free to share it and tell friends and, and get them on board. Um, we've definitely hit a plateau on the audience. <laughs> I have a good amount of an audience, but it's like, it's not growing. And maybe that's my fault. And maybe I should be promoting this show a little bit more, but if you don't mind, please tell your friends that are music lovers, like you're what, you're not listening to waterproof records. What's wrong with you? Spread the word. Let's get it out there. Let's make this the biggest music podcast in the world. And also go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash waterproof. Get 30% off your first year of uploading your songs. But with that, thank you for joining me on Waterproof Records to talk about The Cure Wish. We will see you next time. Adios. Records.